Hi, this is Jamie Watson from Big Country and you're listening to the Great Divide podcast. Stay alive. Hey guys, this is Tom. Welcome to episode 22 of The Great Divide. This is part two of our discussion of the North American tour. And what a long tour this has been. I think this might be the longest North American tour the band has ever done. I'm not sure. If it isn't, then only the Crossing tour would be beating it, I would imagine, because I'm recording this in early August, and it seems like the show that I did with them in Leesburg back in early June was a long time ago, at least that's how it seems to me, and yet they are still here, still touring, and they've got a good three, four weeks left uh, of the tour here in North America before they go back to their home. So hopefully the guys are not getting too homesick at this point. I can't imagine that it would get to anyone after a while, but uh, we're very lucky and thankful here in the U.S. that we've gotten the chance to see them at so many shows. And with that in mind... Uh, when Svein and I had this conversation, the second part of which we're going to be playing today, we really um, it turned out that we were really a little bit short in time when we started putting this second episode together. We, we were too long for one episode, but almost too short for two episodes, if that makes sense. So what really saved us for this episode is all of the SpeakPipe submissions that we received from you guys. So we, we really want to thank you for those. They've been really interesting to listen to. And hopefully you guys have been really enjoying listening to them, too. We're going to play all of the rest of them in this episode, and you'll hear a lot of them in this one. So thank you so much for everyone to everyone for sending those in. And please continue to do that for future topics and future episodes, because I think it really helps the show quite a bit. So enough of the intro. Let's just jump right into it. And we are going to start, as a matter of fact, with two SpeakPipe entries from perhaps our youngest members of the uh, Great Divide podcast family and... They are uh, Emberly and Kara, and we really appreciate the, the SpeakPipe messages you sent. Great to hear your perspective on big country, and it, it makes a lot of us older people feel a little bit younger, knowing that uh, some younger people are really getting into the band and enjoying them. So let's just jump right into it. Here we go. Hi, I'm Emberly Clark. I'm 13, and I'm from Seattle, Washington. And my favorite song from their new album is probably Return, and my favorite they played at the concert was Look Away. Um, so I recently flew down to California um, a couple weeks ago and went to Big Country San Juan Capistrano concert. Um, it was really, really fun. We met four out of five band members, Jamie, Mark, Mike, and Derek, and it was really fun talking to them. Um, they're just really nice and humble people. You don't feel like you're rushed when you talk to them. Um, I went with my dad, and he has been a fan of them since, oh, since 83 so 30 years and I think getting to meet them was just really surreal for him and well both of us um yeah and so their concert um was really really fun just absolutely enjoyable they're really funny guys and I mean after they were done they just um passed around the microphone to the band members and they just were hilarious and it made the night really enjoyable and it's definitely a night to remember so yeah that's my big country experience Hi, my name is Kara. I'm a 19-year-old big country addict from the United States. Uh, you might have seen me post in the Great Divide group. Uh, Svine suggested that I create one of these sound things to tell about my experience seeing big country in New York City for the first time. So uh, here I am. I've seen several bands live. I saw Genesis with Bill Collins at the mic. 
So the Foo Fighters and a handful of uh, small indie alternative bands. But you can choose definitely my favorite show. Because I was in a small venue full of people who understood my love for this small band that's put down as one-hit wonder. And, uh, I, you know, because Big Country is my number one band, I've watched videos on YouTube for years and years. And uh, it was incredible that they were, you know, finally in front of me on the stage. Definitely, Big Country is definitely my favorite musicians. Favorite songs, everything. People were, like, really surprised that somebody my age is at the show. Which is funny too, but they were all genuinely happy for me, and everyone was excited for me. So that was like awesome. Uh, before the show, I saw Bruce and Mike. They weren't together at separate times. They were walking across the bar, and uh, when I saw Mike, I shook his hand. You know, told him I was really excited for the show. He was gracious, and when I saw Bruce, uh, I was so like starstruck. I only could like barely say like hi, Mr. Watson. He like turned and smiled and walked away. It was like crazy. Uh, but if you're a fan of The Crossing, and even if you like halfway like the new album, I suggest you see the show. Because they're all, you know, they do a great job. Uh, they're just all really happy to be up there. You can, like, see it on their faces. They all mess with each other, especially Bruce. Bruce messes with everyone, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, and Derek, I was right in front of him. He was, like, smiling at everyone. He'd, like, goof around. And, you know... I couldn't see Mark, which kind of, which sucked, but like, you know, he has a, he's killing it on the super huge drum set, so it's hard to see him. But I think one of my favorite moments was Poor Man, because during Poor Man, which I didn't even think they would play, Mike goes out there in the instrumental intro, intro and, uh, you know, walks through, and it's just like really, really awesome. You know, Mike did a great job. And, uh, so when, like, the guys finished up the set, which, you know, best night of my life. Mark cleaned up one of the drumsticks. He, like, walked over to me, and he, like, made a motion, like, hey, do you want it? And I was like, of course, you know, I was so excited. I took it, and he blew a kiss and walked up to stage. It was so crazy. I wonder if he knew, like, how much he made my life. But, yeah, that's my story about seeing Big Country. It was really awesome. Okay, so for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you guys out there, the awesome news is the fact that Bruce talked about the band doing something to commemorate the anniversary of Steeltown next year. And I got to say, when he said that, my my heart started racing because I was hoping they would do that, but I never thought that they would because as you and I have talked and even talking to the band, it's it seems like they don't. They like the album, they they appreciate the album and what it means to the diehards, but they don't hold it necessarily in the high esteem that we do. And um, so I, I never thought that they would really give it the the crossing treatment, but apparently the the, out, the record company, Universal, are the ones who had this idea. So that makes me feel good too, that, that the record company who owns this stuff thinks enough of it and thinks enough of its potential to sell that they thought, hey, the crossing re-release was a success, let's do one for Steeltown. After all, it was a number one album in the UK. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, what are your thoughts on hearing that there might be a Steel Town celebration type of thing coming up in the near future? Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, it's kind of one of those, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, talking about it is great, but it's phase one of at least a 20-phase run. Uh, hopefully they have the masters. I've heard anything from they don't really have the masters to it's unmixable 
the way it is, or they have. Uh, yeah, yeah, they must have for this to be a realistic opportunity. So I yeah. guess, I guess, I guess the practical opportunity is there. They can do it if they want to. So yeah, I I hope they do it. Really, that that would be a dream come true. Yeah, you know, it's always an interesting thing to remix. Uh, remastering is one thing. I don't know if if a lot of you know what the difference is, but remastering is kind of where the the overall sound of the album, the way it was mixed, is not changed, but they add certain elements of uh, of layer, uh, kind of like EQ and adjust the volume and make it sound a little bit more in your face when they remaster something. But remixing something is a completely different animal altogether. That's when you go back to the master tapes, you you go to each individual instrument. And you change the levels. You either you, maybe you get rid of some of them. You it, it's it's a huge undertaking to remix something, and that's actually what they were talking about. At least that's what Mike was talking about. Um, one of the things he mentioned when I talked to him before the Leesburg show was this whole thing about Steeltown. And as as you read in that blog, he seems to be on a Steeltown kick, and which is great news for us who love Steeltown. And um, he was talking about the idea of getting Andrea Wright who mixed and engineered the journey and he he mentioned her specifically as being someone to go in and remix Steeltown completely remix it and with the help of the band so when he said that I thought that's fantastic and so they do have the masters they they have the ability to to get to the masters um I can't imagine the undertaking that would be because there are so many parts to that I mean even as you heard in that interview Bruce was kind of like going oh I'm not looking forward to going back to Steeltown and revisiting that to, to learn some of these songs again, how we're going to do them, because there's so many guitar parts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's like you you, you love Steeltown and you don't want to see it change, but I, I'm totally for a remix of Steeltown to live side by side with the original version of Steeltown. It could be a really interesting thing to hear like a more, I can't even imagine it, to hear, but to hear like a more airy, uh, Steel Town with maybe less of the reverb, 80s reverb effects and those types of things. Kind of like what Robin Miller's version of the original version of The Seer might have been. So, I mean, I love Steel Town the way it is. To me, it's a masterpiece, but the, the thought of maybe getting a fresh approach on it, that's really exciting to me. I hope they do it. I hope for sonic clarity. I hope they don't start removing parts because I know that's a thing with the band that they feel it's a bit too crowded sound wise. Yeah. And uh, I think Bruce said something when we spoke to him back in uh, whatever it was that it's um, he loves the album but would like to go in and see it remixed. And that seems to be what they're now doing. And uh, maybe some members of the band have gotten the orders to listen to Steel Town when you can. He mentioned that Derek didn't have the time to learn more stuff than basically to crossing the new stuff. Uh, so... You know, with time, he'll learn more parts, and Mike learn it, and they all get into it. And maybe we can expect great things next year. Definitely. And, you know, we talk about all the guitar overdubs on Steel Town, but the bass overdubs are there, too. I mean, there there are, like, uh, songs with multiple bass parts, too. Flame yeah. Of the, Flame of the West, even. So we, Three parts. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, one thing I want to say about the live uh, producing the, that album live that I hope the band will consider is that every time that subject comes up, they seem to they seem to back away from it a little bit because of the idea that there are so many guitar parts and they're not sure what to play. But I I've always suggested for years that they shouldn't necessarily look at it that they've got to 
reproduce the sound of of that album live so so purely i mean i think if they went and just said okay here's the part we're going to play for tall ships go for instance bruce will, i'll play this part jamie you play this part there are tons of other guitar overdubs on here that we're not going to be able to cover i don't think the fans would care at all i think they would hear the opening strains of that song and they would go insane so yeah yeah, so I think they they could do maybe a stripped down. They they should maybe take that that approach of of less clutter that they seem to object to in the album Steel Town. They should maybe take that approach to when they are trying to reproduce these songs live, and not worry so much about having to go through each overdub and wondering where it would fit in the live thing. You know, just come up with just come up with the reworkings if you if you have to. The fans would still absolutely go nuts for it. So. I, yeah, definitely. And I'll, if you look strictly at it with the crossing, they're not really reproducing it note for note either. Right. But they played that album so often over the years that I guess it just naturally changed into what it is today. And that's not the case for Steel Town. So they wouldn't need to reach back towards when it sounded like close to the album. But that's what you have Mike in the band for. You know, he did the same thing with the acoustic hard rock cafe songs. You know, he, he would go away for five minutes and come back and amaze Bruce that, oh, you're thinking of doing it that way. <laughs> that's yes. that's interesting. So some some more of that, and they have it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so yeah. I, I'm I'm confident they'll come up with something good. And uh, as Bruce said in the interview, which gave me hope and made me happy too, he said that when they do approach these songs live, he'd like to do songs from that period that they didn't do live. So mm-hmm. maybe we can expect, uh, or at least hope for Tall Ships Go or The Great Divide or something like that. So we'll see. Shut! This is Tim Weinheimer from California. I'm just uh, telling you about the great shows that we uh, had out here with Big Country. Um, There was three shows I got to go to. uh, Temecula, Coach House, and San Diego. Uh, They were just amazing shows. The way that uh, Mike Peters uh, helps lead the band, but all the guys. And just how they bring those songs alive. And the old songs flow with the new songs. And just the way that uh, you can feel Stuart's spirit right there with, with the whole band. It's, it's just amazing and awe-inspiring that they have that much passion after all these years. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, this is Curtis from Orange County, California. And these are my thoughts and reflections on the two big country shows I saw. The first one was in San Juan Capistrano at the coach house and I saw this show with my good friend Butch, my wife Wendy, and best of all my daughter Roman. They opened the show with Return which was a fitting song since this really is their return. From the very beginning Mike was filled with energy, got the crowd into it which was difficult since this is kind of a dinner theater. We were seated most of the time and while my wife and daughter enjoyed that I wanted to jump up. Most of the songs were from The Journey, and strangely enough, they were the best songs, at least in my opinion. They were the ones that had the most energy and the ones that I got into the most. I didn't expect that. The bulk of the rest of the material came from The Crossing, with a couple exceptions of Look Away and Wonderland. The highlight of the show was Last Ship Sails. Love that song. As I said, Mike was high energy, but perhaps the 
part of the show I enjoyed the most was the interaction between Bruce and Jamie. Bruce seemed to love being on stage with his son, and it showed. At one point early on in the show, Jamie cut his hand or his finger, and so he kept wiping the blood off his hand between songs. Why no one got him a bandage until the encore, I don't know. But he played through the blood and played amazingly. It was Mark's birthday. They brought him out a cake at the end, sang to him. And it was great that they ended the show with their comments and thank yous. I had never seen that before at a show. And it was wonderful. The other show I saw was at Hermosa Beach. And the energy couldn't have been more different. This was a tiny club with a tiny stage and Mark had a tiny kit but it was so energetic and the crowd was so into it. For the encore, which they never left, they just went right into it, Mike jumped off the stage and sang in the crowd. My friend Adrian said he's probably never going to wash that shirt again having gotten Mike's sweat all onto his shirt. It was a great venue for them, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. My only negative of the two shows was how loud it was. It was so loud, it was distorted, and at times Mike's voice sounded uh, warbly, and it it was very odd. But in spite of that, great shows, and I can't wait for them to come back. Cheers. Hey guys, uh, Tim Eldred here. Hope this gets to you in time for the new episode. I was uh, fortunate enough to visit two big country shows uh, here in uh, the Los Angeles zone, uh, June 22 and June 23, and they couldn't have been more different from each other. The June 22 show was on a great big stage. They could have parked their tour bus on it, and they had a nice big room to play to, so that felt like an arena show. And um, I was right on top of the speakers, so it, it blew out my hearing more than once. Um, it's interesting how you can have uh, distortion within the human ear as well as from a, a, an electronic speaker. The second show was, uh, was really different, a teeny tiny stage. Uh, you could have fit that stage inside their tour bus and had room to move around it. Very close, very tight very intimate and uh, very personal. Um, I was really glad to have the two different experiences right on top of each other because the first night I got what uh, I assumed to have been the, uh, the big arena experience uh, and the second night was sort of like a little stage in a bar and um, it was equally good both times. The set lists were just slightly different enough to keep it interesting. The onstage banter was different. Uh, between the two shows, so they weren't just uh, rehash, uh, which I appreciated. Um, But the the very best thing, beyond just hearing the music played live, um, with occasional hiccups for electronic uh, problems or whatever, was just being around fans for the first time. Uh, And again, two very different experiences. The first night, they were big and loud and, and filled the room, and there was a lot of jumping and dancing and moving around and the second night was too small for that it was very uh close nobody had any personal space we were all jammed in together um and we were all there for enjoyment and uh love of something that we previously probably felt was all ours and um 
uh, it was a terrific experience to suddenly discover that we weren't alone, that we were all together celebrating the same thing. Um, I think in other circumstances, there might be some jealousy or resentment, like, hey, wait a minute, this was all mine. Now I have to share it with all these people. But no, it was exactly the opposite. Uh, the spirit of the music is all about being part of the world and being connected to each other. And um, being there and, and feeling that in both shows, I think, brought uh, to me a whole new big country experience. And I really hope I get to repeat it. Uh, they've got representation here. I hope they use it.
You know, the fact that you came out and played lots of Steel Town songs, I'm sure it didn't go unnoticed, you know, especially given <laughs> that activities are impending with that album and they might be playing these songs. So just the fact that they come up and are listened to and out there and about, you know, it all helps. So I'm pretty grateful that you focused in on those songs from that album oh, and just, just just songs from that album in general. It's going to help. It's going to help them get into that gear. And Mike said as much in his blog as well. I had a lot of people say that to me afterward. I had no idea that they were planning on anything to do with Steel Town. It's just, uh, you know, I'd worked out a couple other songs too. I'd, I'd worked out a version of The Dynamite Lady and um, Where the Roses Song, which of course is Steel Town. But uh, so we're, yeah, The Dynamite Lady. Dynamite Lady. That was the only non Steel Town song I worked out. I didn't have time to play it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I stuck with the Steel Town tunes. And uh, yeah, it, it worked out. It worked out very well, with the exception of my voice completely falling apart in the Great Divide. But that's another thing that I have to say that gave, gave me such a new respect for them, because I used to play a lot with my band, and I was used to touring. But there is really something to be said for touring shape. I mean, I got up there cold, and I'd practiced a lot. But when you're up on the stage, it's really something you can't practice for. The lights are so much hotter, and... The adrenaline is going so much faster, and um, I started out kind of like a, a marathon runner who starts running too fast and then starts to wear down a little bit too soon. And kind of by the time I got to the Great Divide, I was my voice was not hitting some of those notes. I felt like there was an invisible hand that was kind of choking me. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know how Mike does it at all the way the way that he sings um, to to carry that on for a full show and. You know, it's it's amazing. So the, those guys, yeah, they're they're pros. There's no doubt about it. Shut! Guys, hey, Tim Eldred again. 
I just remembered another little story that I wanted to share with you on the last message, and it slipped my mind, but the beauty of SpeakPipe is we can come back and re-record anything, right? So, uh, the June 23rd show in the tiny little bar in Southern California. Last number of the night, as usual, in a big country. I'm just a couple of bodies away from the stage, and suddenly Mike Peters hops down into our midst, which was a real feat because there was almost no room to hop down into, and yet somehow he did it. And he started wandering through the crowd, still singing, holding the mic out to us uh, for us to join in, being uh, removing that wall. You talked about... Uh, breaking down the wall between the band and the audience and that's exactly what that move was all about uh, and while everybody was looking at him and uh, enjoying that moment uh, I noticed something else I don't know if anybody else did but another person brushed past me and he was wearing a crew t-shirt and I assume that meant that he was one of the roadies um, and this guy couldn't have been more than 102 pounds and probably would have gotten knocked over by the wind uh, and he pushed his way through over to Mike to get close to him and I realized that uh, it, it was either backstage protocol or he was under orders or something to make himself Mike's bodyguard in case some trouble went down he was ready to, to deal with it uh, which was laughable on two levels because uh, number one the guy didn't have enough body to guard anyone with and number two, there was nobody in the room more loved and admired at that moment than Mike Peters. So he was in absolutely no danger whatsoever, uh, but there was probably some, I don't know, insurance demand that he be protected. And they found the, the guy who was least able to do that, which I thought was kind of charming. Anyway, that was just a, a one delight in an evening of delights, and I don't know if anybody else noticed it, so I wanted to throw it in there. Anyway, really enjoyed the last episode. Really looking forward to the next one. Thanks a lot. Stay alive! Hi, y'all. This is Lisa Cannell, a.k.a. Country Girl, from the Big Country Forum, um, giving my review for the Westchester, Pennsylvania gig. Um, just wanted to let you let everyone know that I met there. Um, I had an awesome time, and it was such a pleasure to meet everyone and um, just enjoy the music and enjoy the gig. Long time dream come true. Um, it was also very surreal getting to meet the band in the in the way that we met them. Um, having Bruce pop by the restaurant before before the gig while we were eating dinner was awesome. Uh, walking past Jamie on the street and then hearing them play in such a small venue right up front and then getting to meet with them and basically stand around with them all evening long was just really surreal. Um, the music was great. I feel the band is getting better and better every time that I hear any, any music from the live gigs. And, um, you know, I wish that the, there were certain songs that I wish they would have played, including The Teacher. However, I do realize with all of the songs that Big Country um, have written over the years, I know they can't play everything. Um, but I did get my Wonderland, which I was thrilled about. And I will admit I had a tear in my eye from the first note. Um, part of it, I guess, was from the loss of Stuart. Part of it was from the loss of my youth, uh, 
back in the days when that song was so popular. Um, you know, and part of it was tears of happiness for actually being able to hear that song live. Um, that is something that, that I didn't ever think that I would hear. The guys are obviously having a ball, um, and it's so great that they are able to tour again and, and that they're really interacting with the fans and really getting out there and loving it. Um, I will definitely go see them again if they're ever in my neck of the woods. Um, you know, I hope they do come back, and, and I wish them safe travels as they continue their journey. Um, I had a great time bouncing in the mosh pit lastly. Still had sore legs, and all I can say is I will never, I would never be able to bounce at the bodice. So, uh, big kudos to everybody who's went to those gigs and survived. Anyway, a big thousand stars to this gig. I'm so happy that I went, and again, I'm so thrilled to meet everyone that I did meet, and I hope that we can all catch up again. Thanks a lot, and bye. And this guy must be a complete lunatic, otherwise he's got far too much money to spend. A guy called Les Schreiber, he's here from the United States. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, it's me. Um, just wanted to give my impressions of the tour so far. Uh, went to three shows in the first six days of the tour. Uh, went to Asbury Park opening night, very small bar show, way too loud, but just great to have Big Country back on American soil, North American soil, I should say, um, to be playing. Next night at the Gramercy Theater, a very wet day in New York. Uh, it was a much better show in the theater setting. Guys had more room to move around, seemed more energetic. Uh, the sound was improving. Jet lag was wearing off. And then I got a chance to go to the following Tuesday's show in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, of course, that was classic. That afternoon, ran into Jamie and Bruce. Uh, we got to spoke, speak for a bit. Uh, ran into Mark on a bench in downtown Leesburg, having Andy Cap hot fries and a Coke. Just very unassuming. And we sat there and talked on that bench for about an hour about the music business. Very surreal uh, Tom pulls up in his car, and Bruce gets out. So that was pretty funny. Uh, but the show that night, of course, was fantastic. The band was really hitting stride. It's a great theater uh, tally-ho. And, of course, Tom's moment that night was just awesome. I can't hope to top it, but I just had to play my own intro at the beginning of this message. After the show, Christian Jennings and I hung out with the band, the road crew, theater owners until about 2.30 in the morning, drinking beers outside the theater and just talking about anything and everything. You know, my impressions of these guys are that, you know, Derek's just a great person, quality addition to the band, uh, although needed with Tony's absence. Um, it's the first time meeting Jamie, and he's just really down to earth, really nice guy. Uh, Mike's a little busy with Love, Hope, and Strength, not as accessible post-show, but, you know, him and I managed to chat, and it was very nice. And Bruce and Mark is always just really, really nice guys. And I think the shows were great. Um, you know, of course, they got better as they went along. And the one thing I really like about this band is that these are guys you can have a beer with, and have a real conversation with and they just make this great music that's been a huge part of my life for the last 30 years and 
it's just incredible to be able to see these guys up on stage just making this this tremendous music after all these years and just you know being able to have a conversation back and forth with them that's just something real take it easy guys see you later one other thing too i want to say about the show about the show in general is when they come out to the flower of scotland i gotta say that that is the best intro they've ever had and um maybe the best intro music i've i've ever seen for a band as far as like getting you just completely pumped up for the performance that's about to come I remember The Clash used to come out to the theme song of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, one of those uh, spaghetti western themes, and that was really, really cool. But to, to hear Flower of Scotland, played by Big Country, cranking through the PA, and then the lights go down and they slowly walk out on stage, man, that was a great rush. And that just was so goosebump-inducing, and uh, great, great choice that they did that. And those of you who have the vinyl of Broken Promised Land... Um, have that version on there so yeah it's a, it's a it's a great killer version of that song i love it hope to hear it myself hello this is dan from california and i've been a big country fan since the days of the crossing but was never able to see them in concert until very recently in napa it was a great experience and allowed me to achieve one of my lifelong goals that is to wear my kilt to a big country concert and uh while it was a bit of a bittersweet triumph, seeing that Stuart can't be there and Tony is not there anymore, it was a great experience. At least with Derek, I wasn't the only one wearing my kilt. But I was able to take my wife and had a wonderful experience. Hope to be able to see them again, although I don't know if that will happen. But uh, definitely got to meet and talk with Mike Peters and the others as well. 
my wife and I are both very inspired by his story, and I myself musically am very excited because I think he's brought uh, an air of energy and of spirit back to big, big country that was lacking for a long time. So I appreciate his influence for that. And while it's not the old big country and it's not Stuart, it is still wonderful music and I think better than it has been in years. So I'm excited to see where the journey takes them. Hey everyone, it's Tom from San Diego, trying to squeeze an hour's worth of thoughts into three minutes. We'll see how it goes. I'll try my best. Anyway, this is my review of the Big Country show at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach. As a lot of you remember, there was a veritable Big Country bonanza going on in Southern California at the end of June, where the band played, I think, at least five shows in a relatively short span of time in a relatively concentrated area, um, which, you know, opened up basically a smorgasbord for hardcore fans that were able to go to multiple shows. As some of you know, unfortunately, um, my spouse had been sick with some cystic fibrosis-related health issues, so I had to make family arrangements to be able to come to one show, and that was the only one I could come to, and I was very grateful to be there. Um, it made the evening much more poignant for me since I knew this was it for me. That one show was all I was going to go to. So I got to the venue as early as I could, but apparently not quite early enough because I was told that I had just, just missed Mr. Bruce Watson himself, who had just come outside moments before my arrival for, what else? A cigarette break, of course, and was chatting with a few fans, taking some pictures. So I was pretty bummed. I was hoping to meet some of the band members, but I did meet some great fans outside and uh, enjoyed standing in line for an hour or two uh, just hanging out and getting to know some of the other people that love the band's music. So that was great. We heard the sound check from outside. And when we got inside, I actually had the good fortune to speak uh, at some length with Mark Brzezicki and Jamie Watson, who were very cool, down-to-earth, very chill, um, very gracious guys. And what struck me in particular was how much they enjoy talking about Big Country's music and the Big Country catalog because, you know, you might think they would be burned out playing the stuff every night, day in, day out, but they don't. They love it just as much as we do, and that's great. I think that comes across in the connection between the band and the fans. The show itself, amazing. Um, I'm sure they've all been amazing. The sound quality was awesome. The, you know, the band was perfect. Uh, nothing else I can say. I think what will stick with me more than anything is the camaraderie of the fans, because standing in the front row with your arms around the shoulders of your neighbor, uh, who was a stranger, um, you know, who was a stranger maybe two hours ago and is now um, among a group of friends. I think that is, um, that I think is what I'm going to remember. Just, you know, jumping up and down, singing the lyrics to our favorite songs, looking at the people around you and just smiling and being excited to share in that moment. I think that connection between the fans um, is really what the band is all about. And uh, that's it for me. That's my review. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, this is John Lewis from Sacramento, California, uh, with my last-minute review of the three big country shows I got to see last month in San Juan Capistrano, Agoura Hills, and Napa, California. All three shows were terrific. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It was great to meet other fans and uh, to sing along with the old songs and with the new songs. Um, rather than get into any kind of nitpicky details, since I don't get out enough to see shows anymore, um, I thought I would just comment on a few things that I thought were kind of interesting. 
first off, uh, the songs from The Journey worked really well with the old material. And I don't know if that was just because they were doing new song, old song, new song, old song, and alternating like that uh, or what. But I think um, stylistically, I thought that the songs on The Journey felt fairly different uh, from the early big country songs, but uh, played live, it all works out really well together. Um, the other thing that I thought was funny was that uh, at the show in San Juan Capistrano, a number of fans at the end of the evening were telling each other to stay alive uh, as they left the, the facility. Now, that didn't happen in, in Agora Hills, and I don't know that it happened in Napa. I didn't hang around, um, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny. It lends a so, sort of a cult-like air to a big country fandom. Um, the show in Napa was a little bit different than the other two because it was in a theater uh, with you know, standard theater seating, uh, a little bit bigger facility, uh, and it was shorter since they were sharing the building with Berlin, who I didn't hang around to see. Uh, so they cut out some of the songs. Um, in fact, at the end, it looked like Derek was all set to do the hail and farewell with his uh, cell phone bagpipes, but um, they didn't do it. Which is too bad. I, that, that song really, I, I enjoyed it a lot live. Um, I thought it was terrific. But uh, regardless, um, I wish I could have gone to more. It would have been great if I could have just taken three months off and followed the tour from start to finish. Uh, but I'll settle for the three shows that I got to see um, and uh, look forward to hopefully getting to see them again. Anyway, thanks very much for my two cents uh, or listening to it, and uh, take care, everybody. So one thing I wanted to also talk about is obviously Mike's uh, health issues. Uh, not that we want to make it a downer, but uh, he uh, did have a health scare. I don't know if it was right prior to coming to U.S. I think it was, where his... Uh, blood count was a bit higher than it should be and uh, he went through a chemo therapy and should be fine and went on the road and really kicked ass but uh, a few days after you saw him Tom in Denver this was June 14th uh, he started having issues with his voice and some of you who've seen documentaries on TV there's this famous clip from back when he had his last bout of chemo where his voice failed him during a show uh, and he kept going and with the help of a very appreciative audience sort of got through it and uh, it was looking like a repeat in Denver and uh, he wrote a very passionate blog entry about it which casts a few new insights into the man uh, where uh, he started realizing I'm not going to make it I'm not going to make it and they did this usual thing he gargled tea and honey before the show and got on and hoped maybe when I get the surge of adrenaline on stage it's going to help me through it and that didn't happen and he started having troubles and I think he got into in a broken promise land and his voice sounded like sandpaper and um, uh, he started feeling the pressure of singing for Stuart Adamson which is really uh, his mindset and 
that was very interesting in his blog post. He wrote something like, my job is to sing his lyrics, how he would have sung them. And in my struggle, I began to feel like I was letting the band, Stuart, and all the big country fans down. I had to work hard to stop myself sinking deeper into the mire of negativity, which is not an easy thing to do, especially when a personal struggle is being played out while on stage in front of a live audience. So, um, and he, this brought the thought back to previous alarm shows when something similar happened and he couldn't recover himself. Uh, that was just before he was diagnosed with leukemia, which made sense after the event. Uh, but he felt like this time he didn't have any excuse that, yes, he had the chemo before he left for the tour, but that was almost a couple of weeks ago. And he he's basically been singing his heart out throughout the tour and effortlessly. And uh, that night it didn't work. So what it did was opening up his heart to the audience and sharing the experience, uh, almost admitting defeat. But uh, the audience was really understanding. They lifted him up. Uh, No one left. The band kept playing. He was backed up. And uh, he sort of overcame his pride is how he put it. You know, I I don't see a lot of that type of pride from Mike. He really, what he is, is what you see. Uh, But he was honest or got it out there and it helped lift the burden. So it's very interesting to me how he felt like his job is to sing Stuart's lyric the way he would have sung it and still represent really Stuart. I I think, or I thought that at this point, maybe he got a bit beyond that and felt like it was more his band. And this goes on to really what he said to you, like you deserve it more than me. It's almost like he belittles his own position in the band a bit sometimes. Yeah. So th- that was really interesting. But I've really heard of no reports after the Denver show where this was an issue ever again. Yeah, that's very so, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. I had not read that blog. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and read that in its entirety because that's very interesting, especially the comments about Stuart Adamson. Because, yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think at this point um, – and we, we, we talked about this a number of podcasts ago that after that initial tour – now that the band has recorded their own album, they, it's really time for them to own this lineup and and not be necessarily as reverent to the past, as overly reverent almost as they had been. So, yeah, I kind of wish Mike would would take that mindset a little bit, but I, I also understand what he's saying there because he's he's fully aware of the the history and the past of the band and what it means to people and the fact that he's coming aboard at this time and and even though people have totally embraced him in the band there's still the whole Stewart thing is still very much part of the band and, and influencing the band in some way so i understand what he means but yeah I, I i also wish he would give himself a break in those types of things i mean my gosh like when i saw him in leesburg i was blown away by his vocal performance um live it was just incredible he, especially in the song strong i remember thinking when he was there singing it like uh I was just thinking, wow. This is called Strong.
doesn't back down from any note. He just right. he attacks everything, even the highest parts, and he was doing that throughout. So he's bound to have these types of issues, especially with with the health things that he's going through. And yeah, he's got to give himself a he's got to give himself a pass and a break and and the ability to say, yeah, I'm going through this. There's nothing I can do about it. And it's not my fault. Yeah, and and it seems like the fans are more than willing to to do that. And I think he made the right choice by sharing that story with the fans because mm-hmm. as soon as people hear that, they're so they're so accepting. I'm sure, and I'm sure they were there. And it almost makes the gig even even more deeper emotionally in some respects because as a fan, you feel like you are actually doing something to help them yes. do a good job. So. I think he handled it. I handled that well. I just wish he would he would give himself a little bit of a break and and not be so hard on himself because gosh, obviously it's through no fault of his own that that happened. Yeah, definitely. We I'm sure that a lot of people agree with us on this, and uh, that's really my big point of bringing up this to begin with. It's not, ooh, Mike had a bad night, you know. Right. Who doesn't have a bad night? But the way he uh, really shared. What was going through his mind as it happened really uh, astounded me that he feels that way and that deeply. And I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, uh, yeah, he definitely went about it the right way in sharing it. It became a more personal evening and almost like an evening I would have liked to be there that evening and share that with him and help that with him because I feel like I owe him. Like after years of following the man, I followed him in the original incarnation of the alarm. I followed him throughout his solo career and now in big country. So I know uh, that this has happened in the past and it's probably the first time it happened to this degree in big country. Uh, It probably won't be the last time. And you know what, Mike, if I'm ever there, if this is the one time you come to Norway, it's okay. You know, I'm not going to feel cheated. Uh, Right. Give your all like, you know, always is. And if that isn't, you know, it's still going to be your all, even if, it isn't the normal standard, and I'll be happy to just be there. And uh, I think most fans feel that way. And it shouldn't astound him that people are that understanding about it, you know, because that's uh, if the shoe was on the other foot, you'd get that from him totally back. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, that what what a performer that guy is. And I wanted to say something else about that Leesburg show. And I know this has been probably a scene that's been replayed at the other shows too. But since I saw this one, I have to share my own personal feelings about it. Just, just as for Mike as a performer, I mean, during in a big country, he came out into the crowd and he started to sing the the breakdown of the song. And if somebody had told me that about it, I would probably sit there, sit here and think, yeah, that's great. You know, in a big country, I love the song. I've heard it a million times. I could see him out there in the crowd. That's cool whatever but to actually be there and 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 experience his enthusiasm when he's down in the middle of the crowd I, I honestly have never felt such a rush at any concert I've ever been to in my life and that's not an exaggeration and for for that to come uh, it, it makes me sound so cynical to say for that to come from in a big country because in a big country is such a great awesome song but let's face it for people like us who hear it all the time it kind of loses a little bit of its luster because of just the fact that it's just been overplayed for us and because the people that we talk to who don't know much about big, big country always talk about that song, et cetera, et cetera. So I never thought I would feel that way at a performance of in a big country necessarily, but he really like took that song and he made it 
really sounds so fresh and alive again. And he just like he just whipped the crowd into a frenzy. It was really incredible. I mean, he had people circling around him, and everybody started jumping up and down. And you're talking like 40-year-old, 50-year-old guys jumping up and down. and raving, Heaven raising, forbid. Yeah, raising their hands in the air and pumping their fists. And I was one of them. And, man, it was such a rush. And it just gave me such a new appreciation. I mean, I've seen The Alarm before. I saw the, the original version of The Alarm. It was during the Raw tour, so I think it was probably toward the end of that band. But... I knew he was a great performer, and I've seen videos, obviously, but to actually be there and, and witness it and to see what he did just with that song, In the Big Country, um, the man is just a, a monster performer. He's, he's fantastic and a lot different from Stewart. Stewart was more uh, – Stewart had that intense, quiet power that you just were drawn to, but it was he was not the kind of guy – he would go out in the crowd and shake hands sometimes, but he was not the kind of guy who was going to wear his heart on his sleeve – and it's like it's not like one is better than the other. They're both incredibly powerful in their own way. But Mike is definitely that more of that come on guys type of guy. <laughs> he really made it work that night. And I know he's done that. I've heard that from other people from other shows that they've played when he's come out to Poro Man and things like that. So mm. yeah, come give yourself a break, Mike. I mean, you're 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 kicking ass all over the United States just as you always have, and people know that. And respect it and appreciate it. So, he's a real front man. And uh, I forgot who said it. Someone said, uh, "Big Country finally got their Bono." And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm thinking you two should definitely try to get their own Mike Peters. Let's talk about now. And, and we're here. I just saw you play the uh, last belly night. Belly up, belly up in uh, Solana Beach, and it was you were the lead singer of Big Country. So. Uh, Explain that. away who'd have thought that, but I, I, you know, and I mentioned something to you that I've been going to a lot of shows recently, and everybody's running program and stuff, and you've run nothing like that, and I forgot about the energy of drums, bass, and guitars, and a singer yeah. that believes in what they're doing, and it was just emotionally, it was fantastic. It just ticked all the boxes that haven't been ticked for me in a long time, right, well, and, it, and it really it felt great. And I went home, and, and and you know the way I used to, my ears were ringing. Yeah, and then I was bit like, of a buzz. A bit of a buzz. <laughs> I was like, that oh, was great. Yeah. So I mean, you know, however you want to explain it. It's, I mean, it's a, it, again, we could start the tape running at the beginning of yeah. this interview and carry on in a whole different story from, yes. from where this one begins. But I, it really began with meeting Stuart Adamson. Yes. When he was with Big Country, um, I met him through you two. We, we were at that. I was, I'd gone along to the Hammersmith Palais. I was there that night with Pete Wiley. Right, yeah. From wow. what? Okay. I was there and I remember you doing this. Yeah, and then Bono got me up to sing Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah. And Stuart was in the crowd. And he kept, he got introduced to the stage and came over the heads of the crowd. I took his arm, helped him up on the stage, and uh, um, and we sang "Knocking on Heaven's Door." And Bono introduced me and Stuart as being the new breed. Fantastic! And uh, I remember standing at the side of the stage, signing autographs with Stuart, and people were coming up bringing Harvest Home up for him and 
yeah. stand to me, you know, yeah. what I had. And uh, I was really impressed the way he signed it. He didn't just put Stuart Issa with respect and yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, the way he signed off on his, yes. you know, he added a little bit more of himself than most yeah. people did. And I, yeah. I thought, yeah, you know, take note. Take note. And, and, uh, um, and our paths crossed, you know, we, we, we met at other gigs and we, I remember sitting in a dressing room with him in the edge uh, yeah. and and Bruce Watson as well met Bruce the first time and we all had guitars I had an acoustic guitar it was all chords and Stuart had his open string style and, yeah. and wherever he went Bruce went in harmony, harmony. Fantastic. and it was like telepathy and then the edge could only play in his own musical Style. language yeah, on yeah. the guitar and yeah. it was uh, and, uh, and uh, followed the big country's career closely because I was a big fan you know yeah. when, when their second album came out it was called Steel Town that was going to be the second the name of the Alarms album yep. we we changed our album to, we sent, changed a song that was called Steel Town to called D-Side which is where the Steel Town that we were writing about was from right. and we called the album Strength and off we went wow. but our paths again would cross at gigs here and there and yeah. uh, festivals or you just meet at industry events yeah. and then uh, and then in 1999 we were putting the alarm together uh, well Myself and Eddie McDonald, and uh, um, we got asked to play with Big Country, uh-huh. um, and uh, and Stuart was gracious enough, and the band were gracious to give us a chance. You right. know, we, we went the original lineup of the band. Yeah, we were, you know, the the alarm and modern era beginning. Yeah, and and Stuart gave us a real chance, and then at the first gig. Steve the Grantley the drummer got called to go and play with Stiff Little Fingers and we didn't have a drummer and they let Mark Brzezicki play drums wow. so the first alarm gig in the modern era yeah. had Mark Brzezicki in big country playing drums. drums so and then that tour rolled into 2000 and then we ended up playing at the um, uh, at the last night of the tour was at Glasgow Barrowlands wow. and I ended up on stage with Stuart I'd been on the European tour they took me on the European tour opening for them and hanging out on the tour bus and playing acoustic guitar doing oh. encores and, and we just had a really close friendship and, and Stuart was obviously very disillusioned with the music and he'd really right. been hurt hard with yeah, what yeah. happened with Fragile Thing and what had happened with his band and the way it had been managed and everything yeah. like that he was very disillusioned with it and and he, he, he was living in Nashville and getting into country music and he said I don't the guys don't want to go there they want to play yeah, yeah. big country music you know of course. not country western music <laughs> right and he says I th- I know they want to carry on but and I think you should be the singer he would say to me and I'd be oh you don't mean it's Stuart it's alcoholic addiction yeah. come to the fore Trolled again, again. Yeah. And he, he was a very troubled man yes and uh, you know and, and Stuart had a lot of pressure on him that, that I only appreciate now as a father but he when we were all young and starting a band yeah, these he, days we just talked about yeah. he was a father too which wow, yeah, none of us were at the time no we were and, and that the 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 pull for home must have been yeah. intense and the pull to give up and you could always hear it in the songs yeah, there was, there was an intense pull for home oh, with him always, from the beginning always, you know you know wishing he was somewhere else yes and yeah. all through his life he wanted to be with his kids and, right you know and, yeah. and the bands were all stuck we didn't we went you know private jet bands who yeah, yeah. bring the kids yeah yeah had to make sacrifices of and Stuart made masses more than any of us could ever yeah, imagine yeah. Uh, at being that age and being a father at that age yeah. it was alien to all of us um there was no one else like him i knew yeah. no one else I never didn't know a, a guy with a father yeah yeah when we were doing the, doing at the, the time of course you yeah. know or someone that would own up to it you know not being able to be with your kids yeah you know having to be forced away from him must have been terrible for him but you know it, it, so I had a lot of respect for him because yeah. of that and um, and then 
and then Stuart took his life you know yeah. it was a tragedy for everybody who knew him the yeah. fans we we used to see the fans coming to alarm gigs around that time and I'd play in a big country just trying to yeah, yeah. dedicate it to Stuart or yeah. talk about him from a stage on a song and and um and so and then and then we did this dead men walking thing that Stuart yeah. was going to be a part of but of course Bruce took his place right in a way yeah um and we and I started singing chants and in yeah. a big country for the first time and it started developing a relationship with Bruce and and uh and then he called me in 2010 and asked me if I'd sing two songs for their anniversary yeah. for an event which had been organised by Steve Lillywhite. And that, right. And then when he phoned me back, that wasn't happening. But he said, so uh, I don't know how you feel like this, but we've already booked eight gigs for a tour. You know? <laughs> and we're starting in Glasgow on Hogmanay on New oh, Year's wow. Eve. And the second night is in Dunfermline oh in God. the hometown. I thought, wow. Yeah. So I was committed then, wasn't I? So I could, yeah. You know, and I, I thought... I thought it was good for the for for the for the friendship they'd shown me. Yes. That it was good for me to show them similar consideration and help them through yeah. the loss. And I thought by helping the band through the loss I'd be helping their fans. Yeah. And the family. And and you know, I didn't know how long it was going to run. I d didn't think about it ever think about playing new music. I thought, well right. we'll do some dates and it'll be a great celebration of Stuart's life it'll be a rebirth for big country we'll get them yeah. chance to be who they are yes. you're defined by the bands you're in of course and, and I'll tell you this we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pick a track from the new record and, and I must admit when I knew that you were doing it and I was going to see you and I, and I went and you know uh, got the record and, and, and you know the same because I've got we've got friends who've been making music a long long time some of the music they're making is not as good as the stuff they were doing and so I was a bit apprehensive it's trepidation yeah there is and I thought you know but I'm going to go with this because I know, I know you'll play the songs live and I, and I put it on and I was like this is not what I'm expect. I'm not expecting it to be at this level, the same level that I listened to them before, where I was connected, where there was emotion, there was a drive, there was a great sound, that there was good guitar. It was all there. Yeah, it hadn't changed. It is there all was, that. You know, and, and, and I thought it was an, a, a great record. It's, it's, it has got that continuity. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, it's you know I say it from the stage. It's made from the same place all big country records were Absolutely. made. Absolutely. You know, Stuart and I knew each other enough, and he'd show me where the well was. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I yeah. knew where it was. Yeah, you know, and it, it comes up different. It's got a slightly different yeah. flavour, whatever, but it's still the same. There's a continuity there. There's the respect for Stuart in the record that takes you to where he was as, right. as a human being, where he came yeah. from, and and that's all you can ever really hope to do. Yeah. You know that you, you look. I I had to look at other parallels. I wasn't expecting new music. It just happened naturally happened. on stage. It, it was at a sound check, and I was in the dressing room, and Bruce started playing something. I wasn't quite sure what it was. I thought, what album's this from? I don't recognise the riff. Right, and then it started to flesh out and I, I could hear these there was no singing and I could hear I could just hear some vocals and I realised yeah. they were doing a new song and I thought I'm receiving the melody line here and I jumped up on the stage and sung it everyone stopped what they were doing all the crew yeah. and the venue people and then the next day I turned up at the gig and I brought my kids to the show so I missed the sound check got in the dressing room for show and Bruce said Mike we're going to play that song tonight Wow. I said, what, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, we never did it as Big Country. Yeah. He said, after the crossing, we never played a new song live and I want to break that taboo right oh, now. Fantastic. I want and I, I feel like I need to do it. I need to, this is my way through. This is my, yeah. this is where the journey is supposed to take me, you know. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for episode 22 of the Great Divide podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And again, we really appreciate all the speak pipe entries. Great stuff. And I just want to make sure I give credit for this uh, interview that you just heard. Um, that came from 
a great interview that was done with Mike Peters recently. It was actually a two-part interview, and it covered everything from his early days uh, before the alarm through his uh, incarnation, the first incarnation of the alarm, and then when they got back together in the late 90s, and really a lot of interesting stuff about Mike, and uh, it was really fascinating for me, especially to listen to as someone who lost touch a little bit with what he was up to after the uh, original alarm broke up. So anyway, that that was an interview done by a guy named Martin Hanlon. And Martin is a member of the band The Silencers, and he has his own show on a radio station called KX93.5. And that show is called The Real McCoy, and I really recommend that you check out that interview if you're interested because it's a lot longer than the little snippet that we just played there. In fact, that was pretty much the end of toward the end of the interview. Anyway, you can find that online at this website, kx935.com slash show slash The Real McCoy, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-C-C-O-Y. So thanks a lot, uh, Martin. I know we didn't ask you if we could use that. I hope you don't mind that we did. And um, again, if you guys want to hear the full interview there, please check that website out and check that show out. It's really worth listening to and a great show. So please also give us some feedback. Um, You can do that in a lot of different ways. Um, you can send us an email at bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, love hearing your uh, thoughts on what we're doing. Any ideas for, for future shows are welcome. And really another great place to join us is our Facebook page. If you're not already a member there, it's a good place to talk about all things big country in a, in a good environment with some really smart, good people. And you can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash the great divide facebook.com slash groups slash the great divide and you can also download some of my original music if you want at reverbnation.com slash thomas kerchival and you can uh, find a lot of my own tunes there as well as a lot of big country covers and stuff like that i'm working on a new cd actually hope to have it out sometime in the late fall so i'll keep you uh, abreast of what's happening there if you're interested And that wraps it up. We really appreciate it. We'll be back soon with another topic, and we'll let you know what that's going to be. If you're a member of our Facebook page, we'll give you some some advance notice of what that topic's going to be maybe so you can contribute to it a little bit if you want. And we're going to wrap things up with really what is one of my favorite elements of the current Big Country tour, and that is when the band comes out at the end of each show and each one of them uh, says something to the crowd. They pass the mic around, and it's just a really nice... Uh, nice moment when they do that, I think. So this is from the Leesburg Show. This is the band saying goodnight, and we say goodnight too. Take care. On behalf of Svine, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Tuesday night to see us. That's awesome. What a wonderful place, what a wonderful town. 
And it's a fact there's a lot of shots that you will be in in the scene after. Just fantastic town, fantastic people. And, well, well, I hope we come back very soon. When you're on the seat, big country today, you may see five people on the stage, but there's always going to be six people in this band because Stuart Adamson will always be here with us in spirit. This is Stuart Adamson, it's Mark Zippy, from Leesburg. Good evening, Leesburg. The votes have been counted and it's looking rather good. Yes, I think we've won today, but you've won also. We've been your band, but you've been our fantastic gigs. Thank you so much. I salute you. Thank you so much. We hope to see you very soon. Thank you. Good night.